0: Hi, everyone. Ashley Brown here. Welcome, Hawks Insiders. This is our review of the Round 13 Wash-Rinse-Repeat game against Fremantle at Optus Stadium, 3-0, 14-11, 95. Hawthorne, 12-10, 82. Another one of those games where Hawthorne played awfully well for large patches of the game without winning. Those taking a long-term view of how things are going at Hawthorne say it was a... uh, (laughs) A pleasing outcome with all the desired outcomes at the end, although watching the Jago Amira video before I came on to this podcast suggests a fair bit of disappointment that they didn't actually win the game. Uh, they're, and they're getting a bit jack of these, uh, you know, at these eight wins, eight, nine games, they've lost eight, but all but two that played reasonably well for large parts. I think there's a bit of growing frustration They're not getting the wins on the board, but we will discuss that over the next, Hour or so with my co host, uh, Darren Levine. Hello.
1: Hi, Ash. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is a bit wash, rinse, repeat. But at the same time, I think if we had played like that against most of the sides that rolled us this year, we probably would have won. So you can legitimately say that we were beaten by a better side, a side of more polish um, and experience at class.
0: Oh, really, we did have a bit more polish. than that probably probably was the difference. It's a Clarkoism, but it's about right. There was a little bit better. Uh, a few more better players running around. Hello, Andrew Weiss.
2: G'day, hey, Ash. G'day, Daz. Uh, yeah, I think you wrote an article a couple of months ago, Ash, where you talked about how honourable losses might become uh, part of the vernacular, ongoing, and that it hasn't been a. A Hawthornism of the past, but that we might have to accept that it is something uh, that that we're going to see a bit of, and I mean that's what it was. I think at halftime, um, everyone was pretty happy, everyone was pretty impressed, but the question was was there whether or not it was sustainable for four quarters, um, that intensity and the pressure, and I think even sort of Sam mentioned it at halftime on on the on the telly in his interview to say that the challenge was going to be sustaining it for four quarters and it was just too much. But as we'll get through, get through the players, there was so much to like about it. So happy with the result overall.
0: So this is our player review. We're going to go through play, you know, the drill player, we'll go through the stats, give them a ranking, a very brief chat, just a bit of housekeeping at the start. uh, There'll be no spaces this week. We're... As are the Hawks, we're having a bye week. Um, We will be back with spaces in the lead up to uh, the Dogs game on the Friday night. But we've got a beauty of the spaces coming up and uh, we've had a few questions about a certain issue that we need to dive deeper into. I've already started my preparation for this. It's going to be an absolute beauty. We'll have a bit more details in the lead up, but you will not want to miss the spaces. If you enjoy our spaces, this is probably just about the best one we've ever done, and i am saying that a week out. So uh, it should be loads of fun. Let's start. As we always do, we'll go in numerical order. Harry Morrison, 17 disposals, six marks, two tackles and a goal. 88% disposal efficiency. He had uh, six contested possessions. Uh, he had three score involvements, took six marks, as I said, all uncontested, 384 metres gained. He had two clearances as well. Um, he was uh, not at a set about. Uh Daz, let's kick off with you.
1: I feel like I get Harry every week, but I'm um, pretty happy to at the moment. He's had a really consistent year and I thought he was again amongst our, you know, top top five players on the ground. Um, kicks an, a really, really important goal. And he's kind of it's kind of become part of his, his game now a bit, um, kicking a goal when we need it. Um, just just did a lot of good work um, at, at all ends of the ground. And I think he's becoming a really important player for us. So I'm going to give him a, a seven.
0: That, I think, is a fairly... He's right. That goal, he's, that when he's got... He gets a bit of space and he's in a distance, you know he's going to get the goal. He's, he's pretty reliable now. So, yeah, I think he's played... Uh, I think he's had a really good season. Um, and when we talk about most improved players at the club this season, he'd certainly be in the conversation. Number three for Hawthorne is Tom Mitchell. 28 disposals, nine kicks, 19 handballs was the breakdown of that. Two tackles, did not score. 68% disposal efficiency, 15 contested possessions. He worked very hard, I thought. Um, he was on uh, 243 metres gained The three clearances. He had uh, five inside 50s. He was at centre bounce of 19 attendances, so uh, reasonably heavy load work out as we go along who had the most, but uh, 19 would suggest that uh, he was th- a fair bit was expected of him. Um, you know, Gary, I just wanted to talk about, you know, I, I, a lot of people were, dis- were disappointed with selection this week, thinking it's a missed opportunity to play some young players. I felt that their best chance to win this game was actually take over a really experienced side and throw a lot of the heavy lifting at the experienced players. And I thought Tom Mitchell, and we'll get to Jago Amira down the track as well. Absolutely uh, delivered in spades in this game. Andrew, what do you think?
2: Yeah, similar. I think uh, you mentioned the numbers in terms of handballs and center bounce attendances, and and obviously they were both significantly high. That expectation of him to be the one doing the grunt work and getting the ball out to release our other mids was significant. Um, I found it really strange. I don't know if anyone else picked up on it, but he started the third quarter on the bench. There are a few of them getting rub downs on the bench. And I don't know. It's, that's a question I'd love to ask of Sammy or the coaching panel. I've just had a 10 to 15-minute like break in the rooms. How's Tom Mitchell starting on the bench? Like, it's not a rotation. He doesn't need extra minutes. He's just had 15. So, that that was just interesting, but I thought you know what in terms of being that number one mid doing his role, I thought he did it very well. Um, without being exceptional, I gave him a seven out of ten.
0: It's interesting to say that I didn't notice that partly because I missed uh, the second half of the second quarter and the first few missed the third quarter. But he given the freeo's third quarters, and they will talking it up. You know, watch out for freeo's third quarters. You would have thought you'd want everybody, you'd want your best starting eighteen. On the ground, and particularly your best sort of centre square set up from the start of the third quarter when you know when you knew Fremantle was in the cup. Good question. We won't get a chance to ask uh, Sam. I'm sure there's no media conference this week. So number six for Hawthorne, in his last game as acting skipper, but I'd have no problem if he was made acting skipper for the rest of the season and potentially the permanent skipper thereafter because he's been fantastic. James Sicily, twenty two disposals. He had uh, nine marks, three tackles. 90% defensive half, 73% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions. He had uh, six turnovers, eight intercept possessions. He took uh, three contested marks, 643 metres gained, two inside 50s, nine rebound 50s, eight one-percenters. Another pretty complete game, Daz, from James Sicily.
1: Yeah, it was. And when you talked about those contested marks, I mean, it was just textbook James Sicily being just outsmarting his opponent, opponent, leading them under the ball and and just just reading it beautifully. And I think he um played a lot of time on Lobb, who in the first kind of 10 seconds of the game or whatever 30 seconds of the game, you thought, oh, here's Lobb playing his best game of the season again against Hawthorne. But Sicily just really contained him. Um gave up 17 centimetres and just absolutely towered him up. So another great game for Siss. Um, you just sometimes wonder how we would sort of cope at the back without him, um, just such an important player there and just thought he was was brilliant. And went for 640-odd metres gained as well, so he was really damaging um, by foot two.
0: Brady? Oh, uh, I'm going to give him an eighth. about Sicily, we've noticed is that a lot of the uh, pundits are picking their all-Australian teams at the moment, and he is without... Accept- I've yet to see one published all-Australian team that doesn't have him either in a back pocket or a south back, so he's been universally accepted as, uh, as having an outstanding season, which sometimes Hawthorne people get a bit narky that... Players don't get considered, but uh, a lot of love for Sicily at the moment.
2: What I love is that he just, uh, I mean, the, the best feature of his game previously was his intercept marking and his ability to read the play and chop it off. But now he just doesn't lose a one on one contest. His spoiling this season has been absolutely exceptional. And when you see it get kicked long, and you see that he's in the contest, you know that his opponent's not going to mark it. Like, it's, it's old school when you see Josh Gibson anywhere near a contest, you know that that ball is going to be spoiled, and he's added that I feel to the repertoire this year, and is an absolute Monty for all Australian at this point.
0: Well, the only thing to stop him now, would, and let's that uh, would be injury, you'd think. Because don't say it, <laughs> no, no don't say it.
2: <laughs> 20, <laughs> I didn't
0: 20. It was 2019, I think, that he did his wrist. In the last, he was borderline Australian 2019 and probably missed out because he I think he missed the last four or five games with that wrist injury, and that cost him. 2020, he was uh, he was doing pretty, he again, he would have been in contention. Than he did his knee. So hopefully, it is the third time lucky for him. That I have put the mods on him. Sam Frost, where's number, number eight? And had eight disposals. He had uh, one mark, two tackles, kicked a point, uh, played primarily as a forward. You can see 88% in the offensive half, 62% disposal efficiency, three contested possessions, uh, one turnover. No intercept possessions from playing the forward line. 83 metres gained. Um, That pretty much sums up his game. He had four centre-bouts attendances as well. So I suspect, did he take that as a midfielder or was that as the ruckman? I'm not quite sure, but I think it was was probably the... Ruck. He
2: Um, has been as a ruck a few times. Andrew? Yeah look, I think this is probably one we don't need to, a player we don't need to dwell on. You know, we we give some of the good guys a lot of love. I don't think we need to dwell on this performance too much. He had two free kicks paid against him. He had a couple of clangers. Um, He tried. He actually tried really hard. You could see him trying to crash packs and, try and make something happen. But even when he was doing that, he'd, he'd spill it or um, be a bit messy with his hands. So um, Frosty got a three out of 10 for me. Uh wasn't a very good performance for mine. But, um yeah, I'd like to see him back in the in the back line, to be honest. Daz did
1: Can I just say that I think he was an underrated kind of presence there in in our forward line in that first half, especially when when the intensity around the footy was what was leading to us actually being competitive. And he had 15 pressure acts in three quarters of footy. And I think that's, that's pretty good. Um, it, it was definitely a sloppy game. And I don't think he looks at home in the forward line, but I think that was a really smart coaching move from Mitchell to, to put him in the, the forward line and just, just, Get get him off the leash And just exerting pressure Um, So I I think his game was was Slightly better than the stats may Sort
0: of bear out Yeah Yeah. and I think think three.
2: Well it clearly I mean the big body presence Was necessary And I guess when we line him up next to Jackson Callow as an Example uh, I mean For me like they're they're very Similar games so I, I I feel like the idea was right. I just think the execution wasn't there.
0: Changwok JF, 15 touches, nine kick, six handball, three marks, zero tackles. He had 80% disposal efficiency. He had two turnovers, seven intercept possessions, four score involvements. He took one contested mark, 293 metres gained, four one-percenters. I thought he, I thought he played really well. Yes,
1: he did. And uh, another player that's coming back from injury and um, and really starting to show, kind of getting towards his his best footy again. So yeah, it it was a great game. I think it was really unlucky. uh, In maybe it was the third quarter to be called for running too far. Um, I thought that was such a line ball call at an important time. I just love to just dare, and I think that's when we, he's at his best, when he's just kind of launching forward and
0: taking the game on.
1: So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give CJ seven.
0: Jay Amir on his home deck. Uh, not really he would have played any footy off the stadium. It would have been the landfill when he was growing up in Perth. Um, 30 disposals, a game high for Hawthorne and probably probably a season high for him without checking it properly. Seven marks, seven tackles on a goal. 77% disposal efficiency, 13 contested possessions. He had six turnovers, two intercept possessions. He took seven marks, all uncontested, 476 metres gained, nine clearances, six of them were centre clearances, three were stoppage clearances, seven tackles, three tackles inside 50, six inside 50s, one rebound fifty. Uh, 21 center bats of tennisers. So that's two more than Mitchell. Uh, that was Jaeger, as Brad likes to call him. It was his best game for the season. So pleased he did well in front of his home crowd. Um, and there may be a little bit of life left. If We just get that on a weekly basis. Um, again, some of the, the, in the next few weeks, when Hawthorne plays some slightly less strong team, we'll call them, he could be a dominant player over the next few weeks, Dad.
1: Yeah I thought I, I think it's probably the best sort of run of form that he's been on for since he's come to Hawthorne. Um, I think that's pretty fair to say that. and he was he was brilliant again, um, clearly amongst our best players on the ground. and he was, he kicked a, a really good goal and I was, I was, I was actually super happy for him because he he doesn't shirk responsibility as a senior player. The the kind of polish might not be there sometimes, but um, he's really putting together a, a bit of a purple batch of footy, playing a lot of different roles and um, I, I really rated his game. I thought he was great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a, an
0: eight. Connor Nash, Andrew, had seven in disposal. That's my uh, as my computer, as my iPad totally disappears. Uh, just talk about Cotton Nash, I'll get back to his stats. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, look,
2: uh, I think uh, Connor had a decent enough game, again, without, you know, being the midfielder who is purely there to rack up possessions. He had 17 touches. He had five tackles. He played that inside bull role that he has been playing pretty well once again um a number of very handy clearances at important times as well um, I think similarly to to you know the chat about Jager and what he's been able to do over the last three or four weeks Nash has really, um, really been building the last few weeks and I'm not sure if it's confidence or more specific game time in the middle but uh, he's been fantastic and, again, without being an absolute superstar on the weekend, he played his role really, really well. I gave him a 6.5 out of 10.
0: It was several disposals. It was 52%. I think you're going to print the same question as I've got, Dad. Uh, 11 contested possessions, four turnovers, two intercept possessions. He took um, a mark inside 50. And I also want to talk about 21 cent amounts of tennis as well. So that was actually that puts him... Um, right up there for Hawthorne does he lose a point for that shot for goal he missed uh,
2: look does he would with yeah we've got some I mean we're going to talk about Jackson Keller as well I mean every week we seem to talk about a number of players who are missing shots that they probably should be making and I don't know maybe maybe it's the thing um, yeah, I mean, if he's if he kicks the goal, and that that obviously makes a significant difference. I think six and a half is is fair enough in terms of the overall game that he played. Should not have missed.
0: No, should not have missed. That was a terrible miss.
2: Before we move on from Nash, though, I want to give a shout out to
1: that um, Maurice Brosnan article from the, the Forty Two. Um yes. it's a it's a great read, um, and it gives you a bit of an insight into just how hard he's worked to get to this point, Connor Nash. So um, I really, yeah, just respect what he's done so much. and um, it's great to see him thriving.
0: And friend of the podcast, Mary Edwards, who was all but named in the story, has uh, is is, is bitter now that she's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She's beating up that people. Whack! Give you a whack after that. she uh, I made are How you going with all that? She said, oh, happy to be proof roll."
2: So, in case anyone didn't know who it was that they were referring to as the AFL journey.
0: Well, but if, 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 if if it hadn't been uh, if it hadn't named uh, said her. People probably thought it was me. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very yeah, glad. Yeah,
2: I, I think you were a massive chance. But I think it's because they used the word she. Yeah. I think I messaged actually, you straight away, Ash, and said, oh, well, luckily that rules you out.
0: That's right. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan. I, 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 mean, I, I might have expressed such views privately, but I didn't put them into onto the information superhighway for the world to see. Dylan Moore, number 13, 18 Disposals seven kicks, 11 handballs, four marks, five tackles, two goals, 63% in the offensive half. Um, he had 10 contested possessions. He had uh, I said, uh, one mark inside, 50 at one clearance, uh, five tackles. He had uh, no center bounce attendances. This was a Dylan Moore we were getting for the first eight weeks of the season. He's probably been off for the last month or so, but this was back to the Dylan Moore from the start of the season. Andrew, I would have thought that people were saying he is you know, one of the most improved players in the competition and a smoky for the All-Australian squad.
2: Yeah, well, we've been, you know, having the conversation all, all year in terms of serving it up to Kane Corns and, and the fact that we all know Dylan Moore's elite, um, yeah, kicked a couple of goals. Uh, worked really, really hard up and down the ground. I thought he was quiet to start, actually. I don't know if you've got a quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown, but I thought he actually had a really quiet start to the game but worked his way into it significantly as the game progressed, which is... Five five in the first,
0: five in the second, five in the third, three in the last. So there you go. Well,
2: I flip that Not around. That. <laughs> I thought he just... Slightly died off a little bit in the last quarter um, in terms of his output. Um, No, look, he had seven score involvements uh, and four inside 50. So we know how hard he works down the ground, but the fact that he, if he's not kicking them himself, he's connecting others to be able to hit the scoreboard is so significant. Um, Yeah, thought he was fantastic. I gave him seven and a half out of um, seven and a half
0: out of 10. I forgot Will Day. And I saw the first uh, go stats. I did see it read on one of their message boards. Is it time to discuss dropping Will Day? Nine disposals, uh, two marks a tackle, uh, 86% defensive half, uh, four turnovers, four intercept possessions, one score involvement, 225 metres gained, three rebound 50s, one inside 50 is said. Uh, to kick kick-ins. how's he going, Dad?
1: I don't think it's time to drop Will Day. I think um, he's finally putting together a consistent run of footy at, at senior level, and he's getting back from getting back to full fitness. And we've got it, next... by the
0: way, I just saw oh, no, no, it on a well-known Hawthorne message board. Yeah, a uh, uh, proposed is at time. She said. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm disagreeing with the message board, Um, and I think you know it. it, It's important for a young player like Will Day, and I think we we just set the bar so high on him just from his first kind of few games that he's played. He hasn't really played a consistent run of had a consistent run of footy in his career, and I think we've just got to keep him in the side. Um, I don't think he's playing terribly. I think he's just not reaching that, that ridiculously high buy that we set for him um, for a player that's just played under 50 games. I think he's he's got he's to keep playing senior footy and who's coming in for him? Josh Morris. I, I, I don't know who, who we bring in for, for wheel day. So um, keep him in. Didn't have the best game, didn't have the worst game. I'm going to give him a, a solid five.
0: Jack Scrimshaw, 15 disposals, five marks, one tackle, 80% defensive half, 87% disposal efficiency, six contested possessions, two turnovers, eight intercept possessions, six score involvements, one contested mark, 209 metres gained, one tackle, two rebound, 50s, three one-percenters, one kick in. Um, Andrew?
2: Yeah, well, he definitely looked like Uh, he was rusty to start with and, you know, I'll I'll have another go at this quarter by quarter thing, Ash, but he either had one or two touches in the first quarter and I'm pretty sure it was, um, it was right at the end. Like he might even have won and it might've been a kick on the siren after he'd marked it. So One, four, four and
0: six.
2: Yeah. So uh, like finally I've got that right he was basically non-existent in the first quarter. So um, if you take the stats and you take his impact as the game went on, obviously it grew significantly and he got better as it went on. So um, I gave him a five and a half. I don't think it was anything outstanding. And after that first quarter, though, it was encouraging that he was able to get himself into the game.
0: Yeah, I thought he... He clearly was look, every, and the stats from the show it. He got better with every quarter. My last quarter, I thought he was uh, he played, he was playing really well by the last quarter. Another player who I think started to find he getting his niche, finding his role in the side after slow start of the season is Lockie Bramble. Darren he had fourteen disposals, a mark, two tackles, eighty four percent defensive half, seven contested possessions, seventy one percent disposal efficiency, two turnovers, six intercept possessions. He had two score involvements. He took one mark, 343 metres gained, one clearance. What do you think?
1: I'm going to give you a two-for-one deal here, Ash, because you you missed Blake Hardwick. He gets gets a seven just for doing Blake Hardwick things, and we don't really need to talk more about that performance because it's just typical Blake Hardwick. There was nothing spectacular about it. Just did his role. So
2: typical, Ash, obviously, even didn't notice <laughs> so just <laughs> three seven.
1: The <laughs> obligatory set, Blake Hardwick 7. Um, But I thought on and Bramble, I thought that was his best game of the season. I, th- I think he definitely had an influence on on a lot of the positive things that we were doing in a lot of the ways that we wanted to play out of the back line. Um, I thought he... Used the ball really well, made, made a lot of really smart, aggressive decisions, um, and just another player that's going to continue to get better, I think, in the back half of the season. So a uh, super important player for us. And um, I'm going to give Lockie a six and a half. I thought I thought it was – he's coming back to the Lockie Bramble, we remember, from the, the last few games of last year.
0: I think he's been encouraged to be a bit braver with the football, and he's been reminded by the coaches – what he brings to the side and what he's good at. And he started to show that. And he, he, he's, he, he's willing to take things on and, and be a bit risky with, his, uh, with where he runs from, what he does with the footy. But I think that the, the teams, they're better for it. And I thought that showed with a pretty comprehensive game on Saturday. Dan Howe, Andrew. Number 17 for Hawthorne. 20 disposals. 10 and 10. That would be broken down. Seven marks, a tackle, a goal. That he kicked from the Will Day pocket in the first quarter. Five contested possessions, 75% disposal efficiency, um, two turnovers, six intercept possessions, six score involvements, 329 metres gained, three inside 50s, one rebound 50. I would say that's his best game for the season.
2: Yeah, well, how intriguing, because we wrote in the recap last week in the news and notes that in his six games, three of them were as the medical sub. So he hasn't really given an opportunity to justify the fact that after his good run of form last year, he's been given a new contract extension. And it asks the question, like, where where is he at? If he keeps playing like this, there's no way he's going to, be at the club by the end of the season. But he was actually really, really good on the weekend. The the goal that he kicked was fantastic. He almost kicked a second from the same, a very, very similar spot later in the game. Um, And, yeah, I mean, granted, I'd say uh, most of his touches were uncontested. But that's the role that he plays, like roaming around, running, getting into space, getting the easy ball. Uh, but that's okay. We, we need those players. So I agree it was definitely his best game for the year. I gave him a six and a half out of ten.
0: There's the Chad, 13 disposals, two marks, three tackles, two goals, um, 46% disposal efficiency, four contested possessions, um, Five turnovers, one intercept possessions, four score involvements, 203 metres gained, three tackles inside 50 he had. Uh, he also was at five set of bounce attendances. Two goals, but I think one was a Josie Goose. They weren't the hardest earned goals of his career, but uh, he was a pest and he was, he was reasonably lively. What do you make of his game?
1: was a poor game. And I, th- I think he he's got to do more than just get his cheap goals out the back that he didn't really earn. And I think uh, I really want to start seeing a bit more from God. I think he was a pest, but we're not, he's not, he's not a, a mar- he's a, he's one of our marquee players and he's got to be more than just a pest in the in the forward line putting pressure on. He was really sloppy, I thought, with the ball, um, five turnovers. Uh I think he needs a, a break and um, I'm looking forward to ha- him having a better second half of the season um, so yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty poor cool game, so
0: I'm going to give him a 4 uh, Luke Bruce, Andrew 9 disposals, 2 marks, 6 tackles, 2 goals, 1 88% offensive half uh, 78% disposal efficiency 1 turnover, no intercept possessions 7 score involvements no mark of the week uh, this week. Did he get the nomination? He didn't win it, did he, last week? I didn't see who they gave the not to. I assume it wasn't him.
2: No, we would have heard about it through, through socials. I don't, think he, I don't think he got the gun.
0: Six tackles, four tackles inside 50, two inside 50, uh, two centre-bounds of tensors. I did notice him in the guts at uh, one stage, which slightly, I found slightly interesting. What do you make of his game?
2: Yeah, I'd be very, very, very satisfied if we got this game, this exact game from Luke Bruce every single week. So uh, I think this is what we need to expect uh, because he only had nine touches, but the six tackles, I I looked it up, It's, it's the second time since 2020 he's had six or more in a game, so that's significant. And he's kicked a couple of goals. He's kicked goals in every game that he's played this year. So, um, again, pretty unassuming, but popped up when he needed to, um, and is a pretty important component of that forward mix, especially when you've got um, when you've got Butler and you've got Dylan Moore, sort of still learning craft crafting with the forward line. He's he's critical, so. Um, yeah, but he did really well and gave him a six out of 10.
0: Jacob Kosicki was Hawthorne's sort of key forward, I guess, with Mitch Lewis not playing. Uh, do you think Hawthorne would have won if Lewis played? I no, that's a, all hypothetical.
1: Yes, yes. We went, we went inside 50, 61 times. So yeah. I think 100%
0: we would have won. Jacob Kosicki, 11 disposals. He had five marks. Two tackles, one goal, one 27% disposal efficiency, um, five contested possessions, five turnovers, four score involvements, one contested mark, 214 meters gained, uh, one tackle inside 50, two tackles all up, no set of bounce attendances. So he wasn't the second Ruckman on the day. That I think I must have had to call. we will get to him shortly. Uh, Daz, what do you make of his game?
1: Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was a formidable target up front. He just crashed packs and was a, a powerful force um, throughout the game. Kicked absolutely beautiful set shot goal um, from outside fifty. And I, I, I think those two, him and him and Mitch Lewis, are, are going to be our twin towers for a long time to come. I think um, that they, they, they're clearly play better when they're both in the side together and they're not having to give a chop out in the ruck. And, uh, you know, it, it's good that Cosie has that experience of being the main man when Mitch Lewis is out. But I think when they're both together, they're, they're a formidable duo and they're going to continue to get better. So I'm going to give Cosy a six and a half. I think he tried really hard all game and worked really hard um, and was our main man up
0: front. Andrew, Liam Shields, 16 disposals, two marks, five tackles, one goal, one 73% offensive half, 69% disposal efficiency, five contested possessions, nine turnovers, one intercept possession. Uh So two marks. 408 metres gained, one clearance, and that was a stoppage clearance, one one per cent. percenter, um, No centre bounce attempts, so it looked like his days have been... Starting the centre square we well, truly over. What do you think like this going?
2: Yeah, I think turnovers and clangers aside, uh, off the back of last week's game, this is the first time I've gone, and you've been banging on about this all season, Ash, like that there is a role for him to play, not necessarily every week but against certain teams at certain times. So uh, the notion of getting to 250 and then we might not see him again, I think last week and then into this week um, probably shows that there is a spot for him. Uh, And I, I thought despite those numbers in terms of just general presence that he had, I thought he was actually okay. Kick the goal, um, so, yeah, I mean, I gave him a six out of 10, where he wasn't outstanding, but he did enough to go, okay, can see how that role would work within, you know, within our team and game plan week to week.
0: I would 100% play them against the Bulldogs in the next game as well. There were games, there'll be a few games later in the year when you probably wouldn't play, but Bulldogs and the couple of So I think they really, they'll be really keen to win that. i will say the Bulldogs now is very gettable, I think. And, um, I would think that he will play in that game. I would like it. I hope he does play. Kyle Hardigan, that's six ah. Uh Five. <laughs> <laughs> we should just talk about. Him. We're not going to worry about the stats for. Uh, no stats really that matter for him. Um, I'm just going through the figure now. Just talking about yourselves about Hardo um, six one percenters, three frees against, two inside fifties. That's interesting. One tackle. We've Got the good hardo against Collingwood, and we've got the not so good hardo, I think, against Freo. It's interesting that juggled mark. I mean, so many little things for Hawthorne, a couple of set shots had they gone the other way, could have won the game. That juggled mark he missed early on, that you know, I reckon there was a mark paid later on in the game that, um, the Fremantle player had less of the footy than Hardigan did, um, in that marking. It's in that mark early on that he fumbled and they got a goal out the back, but uh, yeah of the game. but I think that's
1: it just shows his, his major deficiency is when the ball hits the deck he's just the contest is lost and I think looking at Frere's forward line I'm, I'm, it's a real horses for courses approach needs to be taken with Hartigan and looking at that forward line of Strikowwski and Fife and Walters Collier, Lockie Schultz, these guys are great off the deck. So you're putting in Hardigan over the more athletic Granger Barris or um, or even Blank. You know, would, have, would have, wouldn't have minded seeing Blank in that game. There's no real gun key forwards in that in that in that forward line. So yeah, it was it was a curious decision to put him back in. He was probably back in on form, but uh, I I don't know. We've just got to kind of make a decision week to week on Hardigan. Um, and I think it's going to be at the expense of one of our more developing young players, uh, which is unfortunate. So three, sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure we'll play against the Bulldogs. There's, it'd be Aaron Norton. I mean, it's Sicily. The Sicily go to Norton. And try. Who's going to
1: go to Tim O'Brien? And we might need him there.
0: <laughs> well, Tim <laughs> plays back. So.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll leave that one to Brad in a few weeks' time. So. Sam Butler, 13 disposals, three marks, a tackle, a point, uh, mainly 71% in the offensive half, 54% disposal efficiency. He had uh, five contested possessions. He had uh, 183 metres gained. He had two frees against. Didn't see any time in the midfield, certainly at a a centre square. Andrew, how's he going, the boy?
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is one of those, and I rarely do this because I'm all about stats and I can pick the good or the bad stats to prove an argument but this is one of those rare times where I go, I don't care about any of those numbers that you just read out. I really, really like him. Like I like what I've been seeing. You might not necessarily again get games with numbers that you want in that position but his development over the last few weeks and his just his confidence with the ball and his confidence to try things and uh how he sort of fitted into into his role i really really like what i'm seeing so as opposed to going, how do you rate his game specifically? I think it's somewhat irrelevant. This is one of the stories where you go, um, what you want to see, whether you win or you lose, are uh, you know, how's Will Day going? How's McDonald and Ward going? How's Butler going? How's Mitch Lewis and Cozzy going together? All of that sort of stuff. Butler wasn't even in that conversation for me 10 weeks ago. Whereas now, like seeing what he's done the last few weeks, I go, I really, really like him. So that look and feel of what he brings is significant. So really, really love that from the game against Frio.
0: Okay. Next one up for Hawthorne is, well, Josh Morris, we're not going to bother. He had, uh, he was on for, very, for the last quarter and didn't do a whole lot when Frost went off. So thanks, Josh. That might be your One and done for the the team for the year. Ned Reeves, number 37, the big noodle. um, Five disposals, um, 40% disposal efficiency. One goal from a very good contested mark. Four score involvements. 156 meters gain, not really relevant. 21 hit-outs, four tackles. Six one-percenters, 66 ruck contests. Um to me further evidence was provided that he is going to be a very, very, very good footballer. And I'm sticking to a prediction, I'm going to say it all the time. Given three years to be in the top five record in the AFL. Dad.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I think um, just just getting first hands to the footy, most often than not. And when he actually gels with that midfield, it's going to be a pretty Kind of turn our midfield fortunes around, that's for sure. I think um, Sean Darcy's a really, really good ruckman who's given us a lot of troubles in the past, and I, th- I thought he handled him reasonably well. Um, that grab I don't think his feet left the ground. I think he just put his <laughs> mitts, mitts up and uh, touted everyone. It's mine. Yeah, and that's, that just shows you how, how big a presence he is there. I'd love to see him doing more of that. And I loved him slotting that goal because he missed a pretty easy one last week. So um yeah, love, love the big noodle and a, another player that's going to benefit from the break and looking forward to seeing him after the bye, hopefully with Max Lynch, giving him a chop out rather than Callow and Cozzy and Frost and you know Luke Bruce, whoever else Daniel Mitchell just wants to chuck in there, Sam Butler, Chang Rothge, Gia. Um, who else can rock? Just
2: well, we were Jack, saying how in the Jack
0: last year. Jack Saunders.
1: <laughs> yeah. A rating? Um, I'm going to give him a, a six and a half.
0: You always know, look away when he's having that shot for goal.
1: <laughs> oh, I was nervous. Uh, but he's actually a beautiful set shot. So I think last week was the, the aberration. Um, and, I, and I kind of knew that when he was when he was kicking. I knew it, I had a
0: feeling it's like that one. Uh, Number 44 for Hawthorne is everybody's favorite. His name is um, Jai Newcomb. And he had uh, 19 disposals. uh, One mark, seven tackles. He had 68% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions. He had six turnovers, three intercept possessions, he had two score involvements, 325 meters gained, 19 centre bounce attendances, six inside fifties, seven tackles. As I said, um, he's playing. We watch him every week now. Now I watch him. I watch him in the context of uh, wanting to contributing to the team and also protecting the rising star I mean, he's a leader. I want to keep playing well now to so he remains the. Favourite for the rising star, but um, it was a good game. Not one of his best, but I thought he played pretty well, Andrew.
2: Yeah, solid performance. I'm just going to come straight out and say he he gets 10 out of 10 for his Jared Ruffhead dangerous tackle. Uh, Well, I think we need to give that some airtime. What a disgraceful decision that that incredible mid-air tackle was paid as a free kick. Oh, so that was, I think that was early. Oh. He, uh, a freeo player had it in the air and he literally jumped and spear tackled him. It was like roughhead. But it, it, it was perfectly entitled to do that. There wasn't actually anything dangerous about it and it got paid dangerous tackle. Absolutely part of everything that's wrong with AFL football at the moment, that that could be called it. So we've gone from, me being angry at not rewarding the tackler for a good tackler to actually penalizing them for a good tackle. But anyway, um, he, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't um, a four quarter outstanding effort, but he was at the cold base again. The, his tackling was fantastic. Um, just love seeing him. You know, when when you get centre bounces and you just look around at who the groups of two are and you just see him there. Even just seeing him in there these days, like, just makes you, like, straight away before the ball even goes up. Like, just, yeah, good feels, good feels. So I thought he had a really good game uh, without being outstanding. I gave him a a 6.5 out of 10. Did anybody see on
0: Twitter... Someone put up, I think, on on, uh, Saturday morning a picture from a baseball team from the under-11s, under-12s, that uh, Caleb Sarong was his teammate.
1: Mm. They played baseball
0: together. And I saw at one stage in the game. They were niggling. They were actually a bit verbal, and there was a bit of push and shove between them. So it was obviously the great mates, super competitive. Um, But uh, it was a good... uh, a good contest. I, I, again it's one of the frustrations of one of the real frustrations of the um, commentary, given that there's one commentator at the venue and there's a boundary rider, and the others are sitting watching in Melbourne on TV. I'd love to know whether um they would probably work into Newcomb. Team starting
2: to if
0: not tagging, at least, you know, plan for him because he's become such an important part of Hawthorne And I've got I thought maybe they were um, as I was watching the game that uh, they had a bit of a plan for Newton. Um, but Freo and Brayshaw and Sarong were terrific. Um, you know, even though the Hawthorne midfield played well, with Freo's were to absolutely top shot. The coaches' votes will be really fascinating this game as well, because um, will they be will be mainly will I mainly reward the winning term will Hawthorne get a few votes out of it, but that uh, and Andrew Brayshaw, despite Brad's complaints. Brad seemed to think that uh, Farrell's luck interview was another two or three draft picks or something like that. I mean, because he was highly, highly rated as a draft player. And Brad seemed to be annoyed that players like he might all him are at Hawthorne, or we can blame the former coach for
2: that. Yeah, I think having said that, so a couple of things. One, just on that Newcomb tackle, Ash, if you go and put into your search functionality on Twitter, Newcomb and tackle, you will see as in you might not see the actual incident, but you will see tweet after tweet after tweet
1: how from
2: not just force on supporters talking about how disgraceful that decision was. I actually agreed with Brad. Like I think within um, the first two minutes of the game, Brayshaw had five possessions and was allowed to do what he wanted. And I was, I, I, I think, that he quieted down as the game went on, but popped up in the last quarter when he needed to. I was surprised we didn't put a hard tag on him early, especially when they weren't playing five in the first half through the middle. Um, Brayshaw was the player that was killing us in the midfield, and you know we talk about the fact that Hows in the team, and we talked about Liam Shields and his role and. There's no shortage of options to go, you know what? Like, just, just put someone on him before he does too much damage. And, I mean, Brayshaw was probably... Oh, he'll be in the votes for sure, won't he? Yeah, the best so. players the player who could
0: have gone with him was playing... Was, was in the other side of the country, playing Box Hill. so... I was going to say,
1: yeah, best tagger in the AFL playing in Hill.
0: <laughs> <Boxfield>, so... <laughs> Jackson Callow rounds out the Hawthorne players. Um, eight disposals. Uh, two marks, two tackles, a terrible behind, um, 38% disposal efficiency, uh, three turnovers, three intercept possessions, two marks, one of those was contested, 129 metres gained. He had one set of bounce attempts, eight ruck contests. Um, do we mark him on the basis he's 19? And he's still learning the caper, or do we say he's he's got hands and he's imposing and you know, he took that mark and should have kicked that goal? It was a really important stage of the game. How do we look? How are we looking at how how the young guys?
1: Yeah, I, I rate Callow, and I, I've seen a bit of him at Box Hill, and he's he's been really he's earned his spot in the senior side and he's earned the call up, uh, even though it was probably probably mid Um, injury that gave him him the spot this week. But I think yeah, he's 19. We used to say that, you know, power forwards and um, key position players kind of hit their peak at, you know, 26, 27. Now we're expecting players to at 19 just be fully developed. You know, and people like Luke Jackson have just ruined it for everyone. I think just, you know, Callow needs time. He's going to be in and out of the side and when he actually feels confident in his body and he feels confident at the level, we'll see the best out of Jackson Callow. And he's got a lot of good attributes that are that are going to kind of set him up to be that third tall. Maybe when Gunston pulls up the pulls up the boots, and um, I I think we've just got to be patient. Um, Is supposed
0: to be the next cancer.
1: Yeah, Sorong, Sorong's, you know another another option there, and you know Gallah probably. Um, is, is a bit less sort of mobile than Sarong. I think Sarong's got more sort of athletic ability, but um, he's he's got a, a really good set of hands and he's a, he's a pretty decent set shot. I think just the occasion's sort of getting to him. So um, be patient.
0: Hopefully Harry Shoes will be the next Jack Dunstan.
1: Put. <laughs> yeah, who knows?
0: Who knows? We know we're going to have a There'll never I be mean? another
1: Jack Dunstan.
0: Yeah. No. Finally, the coach, another good week for the coach.
2: Yes, yeah, super week for the coach. I think um, obviously the work that they'd put into Frio and um, just tweaking their game plan, I think it, it probably helped that there had been a torrential rain all week. And obviously we're coming off having played pretty well in the rain for the second half of the week before. Um means that you can take some of that momentum into your gamecraft side of things with what you're setting up. So um, pretty good week, especially with all of the players missing as well, Um, uh, especially with limited forward line. I think we were all worried about how we were going to put a big enough score on the board. And I think what were we, 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 We'd cracked the fifty by half time. And four so. half
0: time, which is the highest first half score uh, against uh, by anyone against out for the year. So it was a a mighty effort. He's he's clearly what he's one wood. is, I mean he's got a lot of strength there, but clearly he's one wood. The moment so identifying this is what the opposition do well, and this is how we can this is the way to beating them. And they almost did it to Melbourne, where Melbourne were fine. Um, or nearly did to Fremantle, who argued with the second best team the competition and then did to Brisbane who were at the time in the second best team the competition. So he's, among his many s- strengths, it is that.
2: And so what it's done, I think, is it's built up enough credit in the bank that regardless of what we talk about on Spaces in a couple of weeks' time or what Brad puts forward, if he says no to Hardigan and bring DGB in or he, you know, he makes some of these calls that we would potentially debate and have an emotional connection to in terms of what we would do and reasoning for it. There really is this element of, okay, like they know what they're doing and they're on the right course, they're on the right path. So we've just got to trust in that um, and and back them in because he's doing a, a bloody good job.
0: That he is. He uh, He's coached well. He'll, uh, like everyone, will have a well earned break for a few days. And I come back for a first and I suspect probably only Friday night game for the year against the Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium. And they're just going at the moment. So um, they've got issues of their own. So that, the, uh, the Hawthorne can win the next five games. The story popped up on uh, courtesy of a friend of ours, Sam Landsberger. On uh, in the Herald Stadium, state but uh, we know Hawthorn's biggest weakness is playing weak teams, so that's the biggest problem for Hawthorn this year. I think no Hawthorn supporter would think there any. And certainly, there'll be a great deal of pessimism from one person on on most Hawthorn side, is that they beat teams like West Coast and North Melbourne when it's their turn to play them before the end of the season. Yeah, I've got
1: a bad feeling already about those games. Um, just. North are just in horrendous form and you just know, know that they're gonna pull out that backs against the wall game like they did. When was it? Was it the was it the hub hub year?
0: It was last year. Um, it was in Tazi. It was last year in win. They tread like they won a premiership.
1: But you just you just look at North and you know, it, the the teams are neck and neck at the start of the season in terms of who was going to finish on the bottom, and I think we're just light years ahead of where they are. North um, supporters
0: have always been envious of Hawthorne. They will just look at what's happening now and be sick to the sick to their guts. Yeah. About the season Hawthorne's having and the season <laughs> the season North when you're right. We started the year there wasn't especially much difference between them.
2: I saw one tweet the other day that was someone a non hawthorne supporter. Saying it really kills me to say it, but of all of the not great teams, Hawthorne are probably the best to watch. So, you know, I, I think Collingwood would have been in the same position, but their development's been fantastic as well. Like, I feel like we're probably neck and neck with them, but then, yeah, like if you're North Melbourne or you're West Coast watching what's going on, or even Adelaide, who is doing OK, you'd be like, no, no, we're supposed to be this much further ahead of a Hawthorne. Um, and, yeah, I think it, it puts us in a really, really good spot to attack the rest of the year and, and the next couple of seasons. And I think the other thing with it is, as well, like it was such a good performance you don't mind losing by a couple of goals because we're going to get a top five draft pick and it is part of the blueprint that has become important in winning your next flag. Like you can't just, you know, we did that through the golden era and you can't just keep topping up. And we're on that journey. So if we're playing this good a footy in periods, we add a couple of decent young kids on top of that. We will we'll be heading and the, in the right direction, and
0: we said this before as well that they they'll become a destination club in a couple of years. A combination of Sam Mitchell and the Taj Mahal of building down in Bingley, hopefully, will be a uh, will be uh, an, an inducement for good footballers to want to come play for them. But we'll see how that goes, and
1: and also the um, the rest of the footy media is starting to take notice a little bit. I saw Mark Stevens put out a tweet after the game saying there haven't been too many better four to nine seasons than Hawthorne 2022. And he's got a point. I mean, we were just dismal against Gold Coast and St Kilda, but other than that, we've been really competitive and probably could have won, you know, three out of those games. So,
0: You can yeah, go through it. It's... Every team in the competition's had two bad games this year. And Hawthorne's arguably had two bad games this year. Yeah. Um, so that's, they're not alone there, but the problem is, you know, they just have won enough of the other ones that they've been close. I mean, it would nice for a close one actually. That would be, would uh, be actually I mean, a bit too long in the close one, but it'd be nice to nice to win one of these close ones. But that, that is that will turn. They used to, look, used to lose them under Clarkson, and then that was one of the signs of the development. They used to start winning them. So we'll see what happens. That's it. We've been talking for long enough. Uh, that's been our player review. We well, as I said, no spaces this week. We're having a week off. We're back with an extra special space on Wednesday week. It is gonna, you're gonna love it. Oh, great plans for what we're gonna do. It's gonna be very exciting. We'll have a bit of a laugh about it as well. And we'll look ahead to the second half of the season. We'll have our mid-season, we'll have a match review up in the next couple of days for this game. Over the weekend, we'll have our mid-season review. All Hawks Insiders are busily answering the questions I put to them about their thoughts on the season so far and what's going to happen with the rest of the season plus other, a few other stories in the pipeline as well. $5 a month, $50 a year and we really appreciate your support. Any last words, boys?
2: No, another good game and I uh, hope everyone has a good rest of the long weekend. Uh, we'll be pushing out a lot of content throughout the next week and a half. So I hope everyone enjoys that and look forward to the leading
0: the dog okay thanks everyone for listening and uh, we will talk to you again in a few days on the Hawks Insiders thanks and bye for now